Hello, and welcome to another Dopey Patreon episode. The Patreon episode on the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And my name is Dave, and it's very exciting to have this man back in the pocket of Dopey. His name is Jed. Welcome back, Jed. Well, hello, Dave. How you feeling? <laughs> I'm all right, man. Uh, I'm, I, I'm all right. I'm good. We'll say good for all intents and purposes. Good is good. And Jed, I, I never say your last name. Should I say your last name? Yeah, sure. It's out there. It's Jed Payne. Yep. Son of Major Payne. <laughs> Son of Major um, Payne. Uh, the creator and navigator and host of the Church and Other Drugs podcast. Uh, it's great to have you back in the pocket. How you feel? You feel good? And uh, you were just telling Jed, me and Jed were about to record, and then Linda asked me to go to the beach, and me being a borderline pussy-whipped person, maybe totally pussy-whipped person, I was like, Jed, can we maybe record tonight instead of now? And Jed's like, whatever you need to do, man. And uh, and then I, then Linda left without me, and then I called Jed back, and he had to go shopping. And uh, it was shot, COVID shopping in Louisiana, what's it like? COVID shopping in Louisiana, well... It, it it it's awkward and funny because in, in Lafayette right now the parish I'm in, which is like counties to the rest of the world, it's number six per capita for uh, fastest growing cases. But it but it's still it's also like Trump country and like you know you ain't taking my guns country and like you know it's all a conspiracy. But it, it I've noticed it's heavily like peer influence because I was the first door I walked into. I was looking at this this maskless couple about to walk in, and I put my mask on, and then they kind of looked at each other and then put their masks on. And it was kind of like peer pressured into it. And I did it for, so most, I guess it's, I don't know, 60, 40 people wearing masks. Um, and, like, I felt like a dick for, I walked into Walgreens without my mask. I forgot, and I, like, was very conscious of not wanting to breathe on old people. So I was just turning my head when I was passing people. It's just, it's just, I did have like a surreal ass moment uh, last night at the grocery store. I just, just, I got out of my car and everyone around me was just wearing masks. And I was like, this is fucking bananas. Like, this is, right. this is real. This is, in, this is insane. It was just, what's here, you know, it's July 2020 and we all have to wear masks because there's a pandemic. Well, I mean, in New York, they've been wearing masks since, you know, March. Even though Trump was like, don't wear a mask. But how Watchmen is it? Fucking racism and masks. It's like fucking the writer of Watchmen had this thing together, right? Yeah. Isn't, isn't it just the craziest thing how it paralleled that show? Well, it, it, dude, it really is. And I think the problem with like art imitating reality and vice versa is I think it feeds uh, people's conspiracy theories of it. Because it, it, like, it's stranger than fiction at this point, everything that's going on. And there's so many like, yeah, it is. It's fucking nuts, man. Uh, I respect the people that really make themselves look badass, though. Like I was saying that like my Starbucks barista the other day had a mask and like uh, not a do rag, but it was like a do rag type uh, jet black skull cap thing and he looked straight up like a ninja and i was like dude you look fucking awesome he was like thanks bro <laughs> he's like thanks bro i love yeah. that um but it's also like it's like burkas would be in style now it, it, there is a certain elegance like I, I went to an accountant today it was the first time i ever went to an accountant uh to do my taxes and i kind of had a bandana up his his receptionist had nothing and he had a mask and we're, we're talking, you know, he did my taxes. And then at the end, he takes off his mask and he looked like a totally different person. Right, he was like this right. with the mask. He was this very handsome guy. And then he takes the mask off. He's got this little mustache. And like, I was like, dude, I was like, keep the mask on. Um, but uh, it was funny. It was funny. And, and out here, if you go into a store, you have to wear a mask. Like there is no... Nobody doesn't have masks on in stores in New York. Um, however, I go to an, uh, my AA meeting is still happening. You know, like the meeting I go to is still on. It's on the beach. And it used to be everybody was very, very socially distanced, wearing the mask. And now they're like all on top of each other and no one wears masks. Right. And it's all a peer pressure thing. If the cool people in the meeting wore masks, 
than the rest of them probably would. And then even crazier, like, because New York, the levels are all down. You know what I mean? Like, New York, New York was fucked up, and now the levels are, are way down. And uh, I was driving to go pick up Thai food for my family, and I turn into this mall, and it's a fucking one of these vintage car shows with all of the same sort of like Republican <laughs> rednecks, like yeah. a thousand of them. Show with their all hoods them open and with shit. their hoods open yeah. and shit. Yeah. Nobody's wearing a mask, and of it's like, not. but it's the craziest like. The duality, you know, yeah. the duality is is bananas. But um, yeah, it's it's a shame because the other thing is that, you know, I I stay away from people. I don't wear a mask. My father, uh, who lives in Manhattan, wears a mask constantly. My brother in law, who lives in Manhattan, wears a mask constantly. And when they come out to visit, they're like traumatized, and they won't take. We're sitting in the backyard. They 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 can't take the mask off. You that's know? yeah there is gonna be like a crazy new because i've already noticed it in myself where like the, it, it's, it's just such a weird thing it does to your psyche where it turns everyone into like this adversarial virus carrier and that you have to protect yourself from and like it it's like uh, you know turning everyone into like hypochondriacs which the long-term effects of that who knows i, I mean it's gonna be you know like, I can't remember who was saying that, like, uh, uh, I guess it was Dr. Fauci, but other people said, like, you know, hugging and handshaking might be, like, a thing of the past, like, for, you know, for good or whatever. And just these weird lingering effects and, like, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't even know what the, what's going on anymore. And I really, I thought that the quarantine and stuff wasn't really getting to me. Um, and my wife pointed out and that it like really has cuz my my mental health has like been in the the real shitter lately and it it really did like i had such a a social routine and it just completely jettisoned that and i've way been it's been easier for me to isolate and just not um you know cancel plans and not do the things i used to do uh, because it's accepted, but it's kind of turned like unhealthy at this point. So it's, right. it's, yeah. So break it down. Like what were you doing uh, on a daily basis or on a weekly basis that's gone now? And how are you coping with it? So it was like, you know, I would, um, I had uh church. I had like practice rehearsal for church, uh, the gym, like five days a week. Um, Frisbee golf. You were fr- an oh, yeah. avid well, disc that, golfer. Disc, go- disc golfing is what we uh, uh, shout out to Price Keen too. I'll come play in, in New Orleans with you. But yeah, we actually started doing that more. That was like our quarantine thing because every Sunday we'd just go uh, to the park that was empty and it was a good outdoor thing. So that was awesome. And then like when quarantine ended, all these all these bitches coming back to play were like, "Dude, we've been out here. Like, get off my get off my lawn, punk." Um, no, and I would uh, go see, like, religiously, I would go see a, a movie every Thursday. That was, like, my routine, like, whatever new movie was coming out that week. So sometimes twice a week. Movies, I realized, were, like, a serious part of my life. And that's probably the biggest one that I'm, I'm bummed about. And, and, but you don't, you're not just watching them at home now? Because aren't they putting everything yeah, out of at course. home? But it's like you... It's not I the mean, same. That, it's a beautiful idea. Like, I, I haven't been to the fucking movies... I don't even know. I think the last movie I went to see in the theater was like Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. Good like, and, God. and that was like two years ago or something. Yeah. Um, I, 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 going to the movies, man, uh, I miss that too. I, I'm, I'm sitting in my attic. My attic is literally like 120 degrees. I'm sweating. It's bad. It's fucking bad because I, it's like the, it's just too hot. Um, we're getting like thunderstorm time out here and it's yep. like the heat is serious and I have to keep the air conditioner off if we want to record nicely because all <laughs> of a sucks. sudden I care about the sound. That's so, why, that, yeah, that's no why movies are such a good summertime and I'm a big go by yourself person because I'm like movies are my escapism. Like that's how I scratched my escapist itch is like just go to a dark theater by yourself completely, you know, dive in, forget about whatever for that period of time, right? I never, I don't think I ever went to one movie alone. I don't think I've it, been to dude, a movie alone. It'll change your life. You know who was really into alone movies was Todd. Todd yeah. would go to the movies by himself constantly. 
Um, and, and he would get a reprieve from the, from the universe. And Absolutely. He would, he would buy the popcorn and the air conditioning would fucking blast him. And, and he loved the movies, you know? So who knows when they're going to open a fucking movie theater? Um, and I see, like, I pay attention to a bunch of stuff on the Dopey Nation. Um, and I notice, and, and you and I talk here and there, um, and, you, and you've been talking a lot about having to medicate these, uh, the depression, basically. Yeah. And you're a sober person. You've been in recovery for a long time. How long have you been in recovery? Uh, September 23rd, 2014. So coming up on six. Right. So, like, fucking... That's got to be a hard thing to deal with, medication in itself, right? Yeah, and, and it's it's like compounded. So, A, there's so many different things to it. So, like, and this is why I love Chris, because I'm such, like, psychopharmacology is, like, my hobby. Like, I spend way too much time uh, on Reddit and Blue Light and Lounge City and Drugs Forum, just, like, researching and researching and reading and reading and reading. That's just, like, what I like to do. And then I'm also uh, a counselor at a, a substance abuse uh, treatment center. So I'm kind, and I'm in school. Um, so I had gotten off all my medication. Um, I don't know. I guess it was like six months, a year ago, something like that. Um, stayed off for five or six months and had to go back on because I was getting suicidal again. And so I just started, and I was like. I remember, like, the morning I got back on, dude, it was, I got back on Prozac, and I just, like, held it, like, held it in my hand, just having this mental debate of, like, oh, my God, do I want to do this again, right? So I did, and, like, things were better for a little bit, um, and then it just kind of crapped out on me, but, and I knew this was going to happen once I got back on it, was I'm now, in order for me to get off my medication, I would need, like, a, like, a month off of work. I've, I've done it. I've worked while I was getting off my medication before and it was awful. And it's, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm delivering pizza, like no, no offense to any pizza delivery engineers out there, but it's not um, like you're serving pastrami sandwiches. No dude, I'm, I'm having, you're like, saving lives. I hear Yeah, you. man. And it's, it's like, I just can't, I, I don't, I, I can't right now. Like it's just not in the card. So well, I let me to, ask you, let me ask yeah. you though. So like you got clean, you know, five, five, you know, just about six years ago. We're, we're coming up on six years. And how long were you off? I mean, how long were you off all the meds? And, like, how did that go from off and on? So I was, I got sober on meds. And I do credit me getting sober this time to getting the right medication regimen, right? The right cocktail. The right cocktail. So I, back then I was on uh, Pristique, Remeron, and Wellbutrin, right? And it was, it was working well. Um, and it's hard for me to even remember why I got off, but I, I think it was just um, like, okay, I'd been sober for three years. Things were going well. Um, you know, let's see, let's see if I can, you know, I, I wanted to find out how much of my mental health was just because I was on drugs. And if that problem had been solved, what's it like off of it, right? That was kind of my mindset. See, I think that's such a fucked up, that's an annoying place to be because like you obviously needed to be medicated. You know what I mean? You were on the drugs for a reason. It, that's such a difficult topic because we're in these fellowships that, you know, no mind or mood altering substances. You're not sober. There's a lot of just like value judgments. You're not as good. You're, you're, you're not living life on life's terms. And like, and I'm very fortunate that like, I mean, I, I have my own problems and everything, but like, I don't, I don't, for whatever reason, I haven't been needed to be medicated. You know what I mean? Right. And, and like, and I'm very fortunate and it's like, and it's so easy for somebody who's not on medication or who doesn't need to be medicated to say, you're not sober. You're not really doing it because they don't have any idea of what you're going through. Right. Well, and, and I never got any of that, right. This, this would have all been coming from myself. So nobody ever, I, I do know people that have gotten that, but personally, no one ever called, you know, said I wasn't sober or anything, but it, it's just, and and th- who knows this might be part of like my uh like addiction and like emotional sobriety or whatever but it was like you know it's such a double edged sword that you know the side effects are like the the whole bitch of of medication like this right and 
not being like, uh, I was curious to know, like, is, you know, having the thoughts, is this even the real me? You know, and this is like the common struggle with people with mental illness is like, you know, who am I not medicated? Am I only, you know, is the medicated me the real one or the non-medicated me, you know? And then throwing in like faith and spirituality into this, into this, it's like, okay, does, is, am I not doing what God wants me to do or something like it it was a complete and utter, it's a complete head fuck. Right. And I recognize how frustrating. And if people that have listened to my podcast, like it's been a real time, uh, progress journal of like my medication shit. And it's like, I realize to others, especially like my wife, how, how frustrating it can be. And and that's why I, sometimes I just don't even feel like talking about it because it's, I can't explain what I'm feeling or what I'm going through. Um, and I understand how exhausting it is to like, oh, I'm, you know, I got the sadsy wadsies today, you know, or, you know, like it's, it's, I get it. It's fucking. But that's minimal, but that it's, but it's forget, forget irritating to, it's not sadsy wadsies, right? I mean, it's uh, yeah, like, no, it's, <laughs> that's but how, no, I'm just saying like, because maybe somebody who doesn't suffer from depression can can make a joke like what are you so depressed about or whatever but that's not an accurate story it's right? not and i i got that so much you know it's the classic like well what do you have to be sad about and then like of course i can i can look at my life and count my blessings absolutely that's not what it's about though this is like this is like more at you know i can look at everything i have in my life and, and still want to fucking shoot myself like because and and with me my suicidal ideation comes from a sense of exhaustion, tired of fighting it, not thinking that it's ever going to get better on a permanent basis, and just, like, ready to throw it in the towel. It's just, like, it's, it takes it shouldn't take this much mental gymnastics to make it through a 24-hour period. You know what I'm saying? Like, I shouldn't, like, or I don't know... I, I shouldn't should on myself, as they say, but it's I, I can look at other people and talk to some people, and they don't have that struggle of of just constantly narrating themselves, motivating you to just like put one foot in front of the other. Well, everybody, luckily and unluckily, everybody's got their shit. You know what I mean? Like, like right. if it, like like it's like I have shit that makes me crazy. That if you heard about it you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? And you know, I mean, it's like everybody has their shit and like obviously you're sitting in front of me, you know, on a nice little, I mean, me and me and Jed have this whole nice little technology thing locked in and I see you and and, and we talk here and there and I know you're doing much better and, and I think it, it's like scary, you know, that you were like, I want to be sober, I want to be the real me, I want to do this and you put yourself in a very vulnerable situation but but the the miracle is that you can you can come back to proper medication and like and and figure it out you know what i mean and then it's also like the ability to be of service you know what i mean like when you're right. fucking fucked and, and you're feeling like i don't want to live every day is eternal struggle how can you possibly be of service and how can you even do your job at all really right that yeah exactly and th- and that's that's a hard, and, and that's the, that those are all the considerations like I'm weighing out and it, it, it's like really like, okay, I need to figure something out, um, for, you know, let's say at least the next like one or two years, like you, I, I need to just have something that's going to keep me balanced. And, um, ideally something, you know, that would quote work, like whatever, you know, God, I want to, I want to, I want to brain scan so bad. Like, I, I just want to know. It's what like, would the, what would it be able to tell you though? Like, what could a, they tell a you? Fucking tumor? <laughs> I don't know, man. Do you I, probably th- nothing. I know it's it's probably nothing because that's you know I did my lab work. Everything's normal. Everything's always normal. But I don't feel normal, <laughs> you know. And I, I guess I'm looking for something to pin it on, you know. So it's like, oh, okay, that's it. So I'm, you know. Well, do you think that? Do you think that when you're doing like again pre-COVID? You're deadlifting massive amounts of weight. You're fucking rehearsing. You're going to church. You're going to work. You're you're very involved. Like, how much do those activities stem the feeling? A lot. I think a lot. A fair amount. Um, 
Yeah, and yeah, that's that's what I recognize too. Is that like situationally right now? There's a a ton of stress, man. Like there there really is, and I, you know, marriage is hard. There there's st- there's stuff there. Being in in quarantine, everybody knows that. Um, it's know, crazy. It's crazy. It's, crazy. it's like it's like people are like, I bet you like like people who make jokes about all the kids that are going to be born. It's like, how about, how about all the divorces, you know? Like, yeah, dude. It, yes. It's, it's just so yes. easy. It's like, I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine today, like one of my very best friends who like, you know, is in a, like you would think a perfect family, you know, this dude, like he, he's got money and he's got like, you know, he, he rents a summer place on the shore and like blah, blah, blah. And he, I talked to him today and he's like, he's forcing himself to commute to Manhattan when he doesn't have to, because he's like, I need to get out of my fucking house. He's like, I can't be around them anymore. I need a separation between the week and the weekend. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's nuts. Um, let me ask you this when you were, you know, before you got sober and you were using, where did the depression fit in with, using Hmm, that's a good question i mean there was so little time spent sober so that's hard to say you know like i would um yeah that's really hard to say what Um, i mean is like when you're you were on heroin you were on coke you were you were on meth i think too right oh yeah yeah yeah. And, and like where does the depression surface when you're in active addiction is what I'm asking. Like, do you have, did you have suicidal feelings or was the medication of heroin and meth and Coke and pills? Like, did that do the right trick that you weren't thinking oh, it, about? It, it, it did the trick because it, and that's what, that's actually what kind of scared me into getting sober. I remember, um, was I had a revelation. I had like a, a split second moment of clarity where I was like, Oh, I haven't, uh, I haven't prayed or like talked to God in, weeks and I haven't even thought to and that terrified me and it was so it it so completely and utterly changed my drive and my motivations at a fundamental level that that there was nothing else there was no other reality except for getting getting some money and getting some dope there was never even um and at that especially on heroin there was no um suicidal ideation because it was just like this is just this is my existence. It was it was a very uh, zombie eat brain sort of thing, where like there wasn't even there wasn't even time to think about that. And that was yeah. really and that was medicate. It was you know what do they call yeah. that? Like self medicating. Self medicating. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think that the closest I ever was to suicidal was when I was the deepest into my heroin addiction, and I rem- and I would just shoot like crazy shots, hoping that I wouldn't wake up, you know, knowing that I'd go out and then hoping that I would never come to, you know, and, um, and, and just living that life on repeat, you know what I mean? But, it, but it, it definitely, you know, like I, I totally believe that purpose is the answer to everything, you know, like a drive, a mission, a purpose. And, and, and I think when you're using the purpose of getting high, the purpose yeah. of, of not getting sick. It like, it gets you through so much fucking terrible shit. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's such a clear mission. It's so clear. And then like, like, like regular life is way more ambiguous and, and the payoffs are genuinely, uh, way less, way less good, way less, way, way more less better. good, way more, way less better. good. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but, but that's the other fucked up thing too. It's like you get clean, you get sober, your life is supposed to be X, Y, and Z. And you're like, yeah. wait a second, I'm on meds. Like I need to, I need to like, you know, like rip my clothes off and be free and be myself. And then it's like, and then all that pain shows up where it was that like, just so disappointing where you like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Did you have that kind of feeling? Well, I actually felt all well. I actually felt all right. Like uh, getting off the meds sucked, but then I felt fine. And I, you know, it's it's actually on recording on one of my episodes where I was like, I feel exactly like I felt when I was on medicine, except I'm able to cry and and like I felt fine. And it was only until like really I got back on meds because my work stress like skyrocketed and I had this. Uh, like hypochondriac attack where I basically gave myself the flu because my wife got the flu and I got so paranoid that I got the flu 
that like and so obsessional that like I literally like gave myself the symptoms and I was like okay this is this is getting this is get, like this is getting out of hand I need to uh you know rein this back in I so I the other thing too and I you know I don't even want <laughs> I know uh yeah I know I know um but the other thing is like I've I've really backed off uh AA lately which you know that's probably part of it but then there's part of me that's like I don't for some reason and maybe it's just like stubbornness I don't like want to seek that solution right now I don't know that's interesting (laughs) why I I don't know I don't know maybe I'm just being a like a dick I don't know judge you're you're being a dick not only to yourself because that shit and and just you know allow me to 12 step you for a second here Uh, yeah Um, that's why I brought it up fuck it on me that shit was, I mean, and I, and Dopey Nation, I apologize for this. I know it's not cool to 12-step anybody or be in a fellowship or anything, whatever. I don't care. That shit saved your life. You know what I mean? And it saved my life. And, and you have the ability to walk back in and save the next guy's life. with. And so, like, don't do it for you. Do it for the next guy and let the fucking side effects help you. You know, just yeah. just do it for that. Like, not to mention, you're, I mean, like, personally, I, I like, I've struggled with Zoom meetings. Like, I haven't really, I, I've struggled with Zoom meetings, you know, like Zoom 12-step meetings. It hasn't, it hasn't been a great time for me as of yet. And, and, and I feel fortunate that I get to go to my weird Republican beach meeting with no masks. Um, but give it a shot, man. Like, what the fuck? Well, and I, I have, I guess I'll, so not, not complete. So I've done a few Zoom meetings, um, actually, and I'm still, you know, doing some service work. I'm still helping some people. Um, and, you know, I do it, you know, I know they say like, uh, <laughs> some people get real bent out of shit. I mean, it is true. Like, you know, working in the field of substance abuse, it isn't the same thing. I mean, it's not. And it's like, that was part of my thing is like, I teach this shit all day. That's the last thing I want to do in my off time. Um, and, you know, getting resentful at the type of people in meetings. Um, I get so it. it's like maybe maybe I just need to maybe it's time to have a new experience, like find a new sponsor, find some new meetings. You know, I, I'm open to that. And, I you know, it is probably something I need to do for some reason. It's I don't fucking want to right now i can't you don't have you don't do it you don't have to and you don't have to explain it like i i think one of the coolest things and i haven't done this so just i'm gonna lay something on you that i haven't done but like it sounds like a really cool thing like you know ray who comes on the show all the time like my Uh buddy uh he goes to the zoom meetings in ireland you know like that's what he does for his aa you know, and I yeah. shouldn't even I shouldn't even do that. Like you could go to New York meetings, you could go to LA meetings, you could go to English meetings, you could go anywhere on the planet and pretend it's like a vacation. Like uh yeah. like and just suck it in. You know, I listen, but I'm not doing it. Like I, I and I don't want this to be some weird fucking twelve step call because it isn't. It's just you brought it up and Yeah, because um, I know. Cause I know. But it but part of me I I, I think, you know, I I do like the difference in my life lately is I kind of I've got a few I mean I I, I keep a lo- I keep in contact with like a lot of people that you know I'll li- like you and just people all over the country um that tell me real shit about myself that I can bounce stuff off of um my problem is I don't really have that locally you know and I'm talking both like uh spiritual uh, mentors and, and like program people. And I'm really like, I, I need a mentor that I trust that is similar in thought and belief. Um, that, yeah, I, you know, talking to sponsor mentor, whatever. Um, this is just really kind of the first time in a while. And especially how much I am looked to, to, not solve other people's problems, but help other people. It's like, like, dude, I've been saying it. Like, I wish I could go to fucking rehab, you know, and get taken care of for 30 days or like some kind of retreat or something like that'd be awesome. Like, especially, especially in your line of work, it's like, you're fucking doing all the lifting for everybody else. And you're just an addict. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I can't even imagine, you know, like, like I, 
you know, I don't, I, I, part of me likes the idea of working in, um, the recovery business, but I'm very grateful to only do the podcast and the podcast is only about recovery kind of by default because it has to be, you know, if the podcast could be about movies and TV shows, like I I think that would be like a little bit more relaxing, you know? And like, but like, I know that my sponsor, right. He's a fucking, and I I know he's not listening, but he's a Republican, (laughs) you know, he's like, his neck is like as thick as a fucking tree. He's got like an American Eagle tattooed on his neck. <laughs> on his knuckles, it says real deal, but it's spelled out <laughs> R-E-E-L because he's a fishing enthusiast. You know? That's amazing. Um, and like I never, and he's a contractor. You know, that's what he does for a living. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I know the type. And, I, and you know how I am. Like this is not the guy who I ever expected to be my sponsor. And yet he guides me, you know, and his his big guiding principle is that God is love and and act in in whatever way to serve love. And and whatever I come up with, he kind of just flips that at me and it's like and I don't have the spiritual life that you have. So it's like he he gives me that and but I'll tell you forget all that shit. It's like you're not going to find anybody not going. You know what I mean? It's yes, like, you know, know, so like, I mean, I think, <laughs> I, I think it's worth going. And I also think it's funny that like, you know, we, we start talking about this and I hear, you know, when you, when you talk about sadness or struggling, I want to solve the problem, you know, yeah. like, and I can't solve the problem, you know? And it's like, is depression kind of like addiction in that there's a daily reprieve? It's a minute by minute thing. Like, how does it work? It, I, 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 that's. I don't know, man. I, I I think yeah, there is because it's not, and I hope everyone understands. So, like, when, especially when I talk about this stuff, I'm I'm charting to the negative on on all of it. Obviously, it is not like this twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three sixty five. Right? This is, and obviously, there are good things and all that. I'm really just hitting on the. I'm I'm unloading here, so y'all enjoy. But. Um, <laughs> The question was, the is, question is, is like, reprieve? it's like, I mean, I know that when I feel shitty, I, I actually like, I, tr- I have a spiritual solution to it. Like the only way out of it is asking for help. Like, do you do the same thing? Uh, I think right now I'm kind of wallowing a little bit and I don't know if I, th- I talked about this a little bit on one of my Patreon episodes, uh, patreon.com backslash church and other drugs. Um, I think, you know, there is sort of an addictive quality. Um, I don't know if I would call it addictive, but there is some sort of magnetic pull, a romanticism of uh, despair, morbid things, uh, depression for me. It's it's a bed I understand, and I'm comfortable in it. Um, it's a roadmap that I can navigate, right? Um, and... You know, someone suggested to me, too, that, may you know, it's possible that this is my way of, um, you know, I haven't been in in crisis mode in in years, right? And, you know, maybe I'm feeling like I'm not, like I need to be nurtured and taken care of, and this is like a cry for help or something, maybe? Um, Because it's like I said, it's like, yeah, like I'm definitely not taking all the actions I could um, and so that's raises the question, like, why am I not? And I'm kind of asking myself that right now. I'm not really sure. I, it's, I remember getting to the place in sobriety where I could go through the day and wake up and I was content. And I've gotten to a point right now where I've forgotten how to do that. And I, I do not feel that way anymore. I'm wondering, so I'm like kind of going back through the years, like, okay, what was I doing? What's different? And like, how do I get back there? And is, is it even possible? Which it, I mean, these are just questions I'm asking myself. Like, of course it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's just a lot. Yeah. I think I need to do some shit. I think the, the, the most amazing part is like, you know, when I asked you to come on the show, I, I feared like a little bit of us, like, you know, like there's a certain like ability to be pompous in your recovery. I have this time. I have this podcast. I help people. I work in the field. So the fact that you came on and got crazy vulnerable 
and showed that it's not life isn't all. And I know I, I watched Jed's life and it's like, it's not misery. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like the fact that you could come on and express your, your feelings is very beautiful. And I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like, and like, it's yeah. not just, I mean, wallowing is a dangerous thing to do, but sometimes you have to wallow until you're ready to not fucking wallow. And like you just said, it's like you, you have the tools, you know what mm-hmm. you can do. And it's like, you know, my favorite thing. And I never, I never let this catch on for me. My, I had this thought when I first got sober, which was, you remember the old, uh, Smokey, the bear commercials, yeah. Only you yeah. can prevent yeah. forest fires. And I just yeah. feel like that's my recovery mantra for, for myself and for everybody. It's like only you. Like like you mm-hmm. you need to fucking just do that shit and you know, you'll come roaring back. And I have every faith in that, you know? Yeah. And I do too. And yeah, that that's always that's always and it's gotten me in trouble before and I've had to like rein back in who because like before like Usually, I'll just tell anybody like everything that's going on, right? And I, I've especially like in in the podcast world, like I, I think it's like why it's so pointless to pretend like things are okay. And I, I can absolutely say this this sixth year of of sobriety has, without a doubt, been the been the hardest, like hands down. Right? And I'm I'm definitely in a fucked up place right now, and it's but it's I think the 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 thing that I've learned at least is. You know, like I already feel a little bit better after this conversation, like talking about it, getting the conversation going because it's I think it's know. because I solve problems. You know, when when push comes to shove, you, if you called me more often, maybe you'd be a much happier person. Right. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, know, I, know. I radiate calm and and serenity. And, and, you know, I'm like fucking Mr. Sober over here. You just give me a call, yeah. Jed. I'm here for you. I know. Do you want to sometimes what? Sometimes, you know, though, it's it, it, it's like when I. <laughs> I guess it goes back to wallowing when it's just like, if I'm not right, you don't want it. You don't, you don't want the good stuff. Yeah, you want the bad yeah. stuff. I used to, I used to, I know how that is. I, I, I can totally relate to that, but we need you up, man. We need you. We need you back in the game. And, and like, I and I know you need it too. Do you want to do some, some dopey questions from the dopey nation? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Um, this is from the great Cormac. I'm sure you're familiar with him. He runs, yep. he runs dopey Reddit. He says his first question is, what do the DMT elves want? Uh, I would say that first and foremost, uh, they're trying to send you a message. Uh, probably that you don't exist uh, or that you do exist and everyone else does not exist. Um, and they've been trying to tell you this. And if you would just wake up from that fact, you would realize <laughs> that you're a brain in a jar hooked up to thousands of electrodes powering a generator for artificial intelligence. Nice. That's it. I mean, yeah. th- can that make you feel better in itself? I just think the elves want cookies personally. Um, here's the next question. Who wins in a fight? Jackson Brown or James Taylor? James Taylor. Definitely. JT fucking he, smokes him with a chokehold and beats him with like a farmer's hoe or something. No, 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 no. What do Check you see? He, ta- he takes off the <laughs> he takes off the top string and piano wires the dude like just straight strangulation. Okay, there we go. I, you know, my I have a friend who wrote a song about a dude who killed somebody with his guitar strings. That was his blues song. Um, Savage. All right. Um, here we go. This is a dark question, real dopey question. This is from Rocks. Um, on Twitter, she writes, uh, as a child, were you afraid of needles? Did someone teach you how to properly inject or did you figure out on your own? Ooh, uh, I was deathly afraid of needles, deathly afraid of needles. Like had my mom had to like bribe me with money to get shots. And so my first, I'll just tell my first, uh, so I just, I've decided to do heroin, you know, I was 17, uh, I was about to go to rehab and that was the last, th- the, one of the drugs I'd never tried. And I was like, I want to try it before I go to rehab. And so I tracked down some older kids that had some heroin, but I was just going to snort it. Okay. How old are so you? They, 17. So, uh, they bought the heroin, they came back and I was like, uh, they started fixing up and they're like, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to snort mine. And they're like, dude, that's a waste. And I really honestly couldn't tell you. I was just like. Okay, so they just, uh, I just turned my head and they shot me up for the first time. And then I remember the first time I did it, so they would, 
anytime I wanted to use, they would do it, and they, they started shooting me up with Coke. And then I remember it was one night uh, I had gotten Coke, but I couldn't sneak out to go to their house. So I was just like, fuck it, i got to try to figure this out myself. And I Swiss-cheesed my arms that night, dude, just like a gram of Coke. 18, 19 shots, like 60% of them misses, just like, oh, it was was awful, it was a nightmare, but yeah, and then I ended up, so I got over my fear of needles, and then I ended up getting it again, because I got so twisted shooting crystal meth, uh, that I guess like sleep deprivation made me like feel hypersensitive, so every time I would shoot up, or if I missed, it would just, it was like torture, right, and so I, I developed this weird fucking fear to where I could never jab myself quick enough, so I would just kind of slow press, and I was exaggerating the pain in my mind, so it became this, like, torture thing. It was fucking strange. That's crazy. I remember when I was a kid, I would watch movies uh, about the 60s and them doing drugs, you know, like taking acid and smoking weed before I had ever done anything. Like, movies about, like, the Beach Boys and Charles Manson and shit. And I would, mm-hmm. and, so, and they would talk about, heroin or like maybe there would be a scene with a junkie and I would feel it in my arms. Like I would, I would feel this insane fear and, 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 and panic. And I would, I would get crazy, you know? And, um, you know, and I snorted heroin for years before I ever shot up. And the first time I shot up was, uh, this girl, this, uh, this woman, this film editor woman who came to my house and shot me up and I overdosed the first time she shot me up. She, she dragged me to the, to the shower she put me in the shower and turned the shower on me. Um, and I, and I, I started shooting up myself years later because of the money thing. Because somebody at a yeah. rehab told me I was an idiot for, for snorting yeah. dope. But crazy. Pure economics. And, and, and Chris, Chris like would just even, you know, obviously Chris had to die over this stupid thing. But uh, mm. even, you know, with years sober, he couldn't not say that he never missed he never had to tie off, oh, you know, fuck like those people, man. he was like, I ne- he never even tied off, you know, but he had very big ropey veins. He did. Oh yeah. Mine are blown out. Cause then when I, you know how, when, uh, like, well, I don't know when I like started, uh, snorting things, I wanted to snort everything. And so it was the same when I started shooting up, I was like, what else can I shoot up? And I was shooting up like Jack Daniels, vodka, Benadryl. I tried to shoot up a Seroquel one time. Right, because you were... Just so I just did some damage, dude. My veins still haven't... Like, if I bend my elbows at a, like, 90-degree angle, they'll, they'll fall asleep. Like, my hands are always cold. Wow. They're jacked. It's, and every time I have to go get blood drawn, it's, it's, such, it, it's such a process, dude. Because, A, like, I, so now when I go there, I'm like, okay, you're going to need your best person. And if they don't get it on the first try, you know... I'll have to explain that I used to shoot drugs and all my veins are collapsed. And there's like, oh, okay. And then my body is like, oh, oh shit, we're doing this again. So it's getting all hype for right. the shot. Right. And then when it nothing happens, then I like plummet and I pass out and throw up. It's just awful, man. That's the weirdest thing. Like like that you get time away from something like using a needle recreationally, and then you see one. And you have that weird muscle memory, and your brain is Ooh, like, "Oh dude. yeah, we're doing this again." It's like, it's oh, yeah. cra- and it's like yeah. it's crazy, you know. Like I think yeah. that's the craziest thing. Um, what was your favorite drug combination? This is from Rick Perry, longtime dopey listener, fish fan. Uh, he says, uh, "What was your favorite drug combination?" It would be um, hair a heroin and meth and crystal shot and some GHB uh, and. Yeah, I'll go with that. I never, I never, and GHB. I never did GHB. Oh, it was fucking awesome. Do you feel any better? Unless you overshoot the mark. What? Do you feel any better? Yeah, I do. (laughs) What was GHB like? Uh, it so, hmm, it was like uh, so it's like the horniest drug you can do, which I guess is why it was a club drug. So it's so weird though, because it's like it's very dose sensitive so you have to hit the goldilocks zone and if you overshoot you're just out like just straight up out um but i remember it's it's just uh music is awesome it's just a really great body feeling uh talkative um i would use it for coming down off of meth or heroin like i just had 
there was like an unspoken rule that if you like to not drink random bottles I had around my apartment or you're going to risk like tripping on 2CI or <laughs> drinking GHB. But I would just like lay in bed. I remember this detox like perfectly. There was a Twilight Zone marathon on. And so it was three of us just coming down. And I just had a bottle of GHB and I would just uh, pass out, wake up, take a swig, go back to sleep and just... I kept waking up to different Twilight Zone episodes. It was a nightmare, but it's like the yeah, Twilight good Zone. Good times. Yeah. I think I, if I had to pick, like, I think it would just be some kind of mixture of heroin, ecstasy, and weed, and then maybe a little Coke to wake me up to enjoy it again and then go yeah. back down. But I mean, really, I, 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 if I had to choose, it would have been just heroin, weed, and benzos. Like, I was, my, my natural brain chemistry, like, was alert enough that I just needed that shit to sedate myself. Yeah. Um, we'll, ca- we'll call it no, uh, no tolerance heroin. Yeah, basically. Um, that, that was when it was good, you know? Act- yeah. Act- sorry. Probably one of the funnest things uh, I've ever done was, like, no tolerance, just straight up putting on a fentanyl patch. It was, like, three days of I just felt incredible. When was that? Oh, dude, that was, like, when I was in high school. What was tell me so, tell us that story before we're done? It was just so it was it was it was this so the people I was doing heroin with it was like this weird kid it was like this um, this kid Sean and he lived with his mom and then they had adopted this wayward child that was the same age but and he was the one that got us on to drugs right uh, his mom was just like I don't know she didn't care what we were doing um, but I came over and they're like hey I got these fentanyl patches. And I'd slapped it on, and then he was like, all right, we got to go run some errands. So we're, I tagged along with him and his mom on all these errands, and I was just throwing up every hour on the hour and so fucked up. But I was just like, this is, all, you know, loving it, you know, in front of this kid's mom. I don't. It was just like a perfect uh, opiate high that just lasted forever. That's nuts. Especially yeah. in the wake of the, of the fentanyl epidemic. It was like your best drug experience, and it's killed everybody. Um, oh, yeah. But... I think that's a perfect note to end. Uh, Jed, we love you. Dopey Nation loves you for whatever it's worth, if that's going to, you know, help. But just get, you know, like, I'm such a fucking douchebag. I'm like, get out there and do your best and help people. Yeah. And, you know, the bottom line is that we love you and uh, and I love you and I'm rooting for you and anything I can ever do, just, you know, obviously. I know, and, and and I love y'all too, and I love the Dopey Nation. And so my uh, my Facebook name is P Master Jetty. But so I do love my my favorite thing is when I get emails from people saying that like, oh yeah, dude, me too. So like, if you're like, I'll talk about this shit anytime, man. So if if anyone's going through any of that, just shoot me a message um, on on Facebook or shoot me an email, Church and Other Drugs at, at gmail dot com. Like for real, all. I will talk about this stuff all day or I'll just listen, whatever you want, or I can unload on you. Um, well, that's the, that's also like the idea of one addict helping another is like, totally is the thing. So obviously, uh, be in touch with Jed, be in touch with us, dopey podcast at gmail.com. And, um, you know, besides your crippling depression, it was a joy to have you on. Absolutely, man. <laughs> it was good. It was great. Toodles for Chris. Yeah, stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking stay strong, Dopey Nation. Fucking toodles for Chris. I mean, not say toodles. I hate saying toodles. I can't even believe that that is what this whole thing came to. That every yeah. week I have to say fucking toodles. Um, I remember. I remember too. This this is just quick story to end it. But I I remember when uh, when I got off my medicine was when. Chris died, and that was my first cry. I was in my uh, big book study, and I just started talking about Chris, and I fucking shattered, like, like ugly sob, snot, cried. Yeah, so I remember that was right around that time when I got off meds. And it's right, it's coming up, you know what I mean? We're, yeah. we're right there. It's at the end of the month. And uh, are you going to participate in Dopey Day, by the way? Yeah, that's the uh, putting the sticker on the... Dopey Day, if you don't know, everybody puts the Dopey logo on their face on social media as a remembrance of Chris, as standing with addicts, as V for Vendetta of addicts. Like, you don't know, who, <laughs> you don't know who's an addict. It's to end the stigma, end shame, promote Dopey, whatever you want it to be, basically. It's July 24th. All right. All right, cool. Will do. All right, thanks, Jed. And again, stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. Right? All right.
Be 